Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. How is everybody? Hi. I feel like I haven't seen your faces for a long time. You and Blake. I see you too. Um, as we were singing that last worship song, the, the lyric that says, miracles happen when you move, healing is coming in this room. Um, you know, it's talking about God, but I feel that's also for us. You know, miracles are not going to happen if we don't move. And, you know, I see my son Joel come up here and kneel down, and he's got type 1 diabetes, um, which is really scary, to be honest. And then I see Dalton move out of his chair and come and kneel by my son and put his hand on him. I don't know what he's praying for, but that's where miracles happen. We have to move, and God will move through us. So Heidi brought a really good word last week, and it was really informative. So she gave four specific ways that God speaks to us. Are those the only ways that God speaks to us? No. But there are four ways that maybe we could identify with. So was anyone able to pick out at least one of those ways that you think God speaks to you? Yeah. And even my son Brennan, who's going to be 13 soon, he talked about it on the way home. He was super excited about it because he was like, man, I think God speaks to me this way and this way. And then I loved um, Kip's picture. At the end of Heidi's message, he came up and he said that he had this picture of an old-time radio where you have to, you know, turn the dial and get through all the static until you're tuned in just right to your station. And it's kind of that way with God. We have to tune in. And the awesome thing is that God has given you everything you need to turn the dial and tune in. And one of the main things he's given you is his word. And that's why from up here, you guys, you're going to hear from us a lot. Are you in God's word? Are you reading his word? Because this is a living and active, and it will change you. And I want to read this quote that I found when I was reading a commentary, and it's so good, so I wanted to share it. It says, other religions have books. Islam has a book, and a grand old book it is called the Quran. Some of its stories are almost equal in beauty to the stories of the book of Genesis. But Islam has no voice. Muhammad is dead, and his voice is silent in the tomb. Hinduism has books, and interesting books they are, called the Veda and Shastar. They are full of hymns and precepts. Some of them are almost equal in purity and spirituality to some of the Old Testament Psalms and Proverbs. But Hinduism has no voice. The great prophets of Hinduism who thought out the books are dead, and their voices are heard no more. Christianity also has a book. But the book of Christianity is also a voice. The prophet of Christianity is not dead. Christ is alive and fills all the words of the Bible with a living voice. He speaks again through his spirit. The very words which he spoke when on earth. Isn't that powerful? What a, what a good thought. So hearing from God is a gift. It's a gift to his kids, hearing your father's voice. 
But just like with most kids, what do we do? We interrupt. Or we're, we're so distracted playing with our stuff that we don't hear his voice. And I think if you were to look around at the relationships in your life, it would be a good indication of what your relationship with God is like. So are you really listening to the people around you? Or are you so busy and so distracted with stuff that really doesn't even matter that you're not hearing the people God's put right in front of you? Are you paying attention to the hearts of people, including your own heart? Because our hearts matter to God. Or are busyness and distractions stealing from your relationships, including your relationship with the Lord? I mean, when you lay your head down at night and you think about your day, what did your day hold? Did your day hold anything of eternal value that will last forever? Was there any quiet time in your day where you were just listening for the Lord in the quiet, in stillness? And the quiet space, that quiet time is something that you will have to create on your own because we live in a world today where the quiet is not so popular. And I'm not just talking necessarily about, like, outside noise. I'm talking about that internal noise. I mean, you guys, we live in a world where there is just so many distractions coming at us every single day like arrows. So many thoughts racing around in our minds. Most of the time, we're just letting them run wild. And we're not taking the time that we need to quiet ourselves before God and to be in his presence and listen for his voice. And sadly, in our current culture, it seems almost impossible. But it used to not be that way in the olden days. I like to call them Little House on the Prairie days. Have you got, has anyone seen that show? Is that dating me? But it's still one of my favorite shows. But I think back in those days, it would have been easier to find quiet, to find a place free of distractions, like Laura Ingalls. She'd skip out of her log cabin and go down by the creek. And back in those days, they called it a crick, not a creek. And she'd find a rock to sit on, listen to the water flow and the leaves blow in the wind, birds singing, no sounds of cars, no sounds of tornado sirens being tested, no sounds of a phone alerting you to something probably that's stupid every five seconds. I feel like back then it would have been easier to hear God. And I know for me, I am longing for days like that. I think all of us are longing for something that you might not be sure what it is, but I think it's for the stillness, for the quiet of just being with God. And maybe that's why for me, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last several years, I, I feel like God is speaking to me when I'm doing really mundane things. Like I hear him very clearly when I'm showering. Um, when I'm doing the dishes, very often I will get a name of a person or a face of a person and I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to send them an encouraging word or just to pray for them. And then in the last year, no joke, I have had very powerful experiences of hearing God's voice so clearly when I'm cleaning the toilet. Which is apparently how God is speaking to us here at Church 214 because do you remember Heidi's message last week? She was sharing how she had heard so clearly from God about a building for our church when she was cleaning the toilet. And then, before she even came up, Chris came up, and he shared that that morning, last week at church, he was cleaning the toilets and heard from God. So if you want to hear from God, go home and clean your toilet. 
But maybe you don't clean toilets. But what is your toilet? Right? Maybe it's when you mow the lawn. Maybe it's when you're painting or woodworking or, I don't know, folding the laundry. Whatever it is, there's these moments throughout our days where we're not so distracted, and those are great times to try to tune into God's voice. Pay attention to if he's speaking to you. And I personally think God is always speaking, that he never stops, always calling to us, always wanting to reveal things to us. And I know a lot of people like this. They say, well, I don't think I can hear God. I don't think I'm able to hear God. Which makes me really sad because if you're a child of God, that's a lie. And those words, can I, or I don't think I can, I don't think I'm able to, that actually implies that you're lacking something when it comes to hearing your father's voice. And you lack nothing. God is speaking to you. You just need to tune in. And my husband Jared is kind of known for that, saying things like that. I just don't think I can. I don't think I'm able to. I don't think God speaks to me. And at the end of the year, he really did hear from the Lord. He had to make a pretty big decision at the end of the year. And so Heather and Jared are coming up to share about how he heard from God. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. How do you like standing on stage with a microphone? I don't know. How do I look? (laughs) (laughs) If you love Jared, raise your hand. If Jared has talked to you ever, raise your hand. (laughs) You are known in this church for being someone who just will seek out people and find their stories and hear their stories. And almost every week, Chris or I will get a text like, hey, I met so-and-so, or I talked to so-and-so. And I just want to publicly affirm you and tell you that that's such a gift and that all of us could learn from how engaging you are with people. But we're up here to talk about how you hear from God. So I know we've had, we're pretty good friends. Would you say that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I know we've had this conversation before where you've said, I just, I wish I could hear from God. Like you guys, like you hear from God. You tell Chris that a lot. Um, So would you say that hearing from God is something that is a part of your everyday life? Uh, Not until here recently. A little bit more. Um, it's crazy because Rochelle does not share at all with me anything that she is going to preach about usually. So I hear it for the first time when I'm sitting out here uh, with you guys and I'm listening to this and I, as you guys know, I like to talk and sometimes it's a curse <laughs> because I go off on rabbit trails. Which is why I'm up here today. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I, I, wrote, I wrote down a few bullet statements to keep me off. Do you see that squirrel? <laughs> but no, uh, to keep me on point, and when I was listening to her, I was like, holy cow, God does talk, because I don't feel like I hear from him very often um, until recently, Okay. but I know that he's speaking to me, um, and the reason why I know that is because friends like you and other friends and some podcasts that I've been listening to um, are reaffirming that and reprogramming the way that I think, and really uh, good. I'm just not hearing him, and it's exactly what Rochelle just said. Um. Okay, before we get into your story, let me ask you this question, because I think a lot of people out there can relate to that feeling. Mm. They think, yeah, God speaks to the person that stands on stage and preaches, or God speaks to that person, um, but he maybe, maybe they even think that he speaks to them, but they just don't hear him. Right. So 
I, that's one of the reasons I'm so glad you're up here is because I think it resonates with the majority of people. So let me ask you this. How would you define your relationship with the Lord right now? Uh, that's a good question because um, my relationship with God has been tough my whole life because I am so scatterbrained. Um, and I just talk and not pay attention sometimes, and I get, pardon my poor choice of words, diarrhea of the mouth. And, um, and what he's been teaching me here lately is I got a, and Rochelle, I've not talked to her about this, but I got a lot of pride issues. Dang it. It's okay. <laughs> we had bets on whether or not you would cry. Pretty safe bet. Pretty safe. Mm. One of these days, I'm going to make somebody a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I know I can't do this on my own. I know God has to fix that, and he has been doing that. Um, I, I hear from him, but I don't always know if it's, it's from him. And this little paragraph that I wrote down, it's, but that's why with the help of close friends like you guys and uh, some other people in this church, um, they've been, uh, and my wife, she's been saying and reading and listening to podcasts about hearing God's voice and how deeply he wants a relationship with us. Yeah. And that's been really sinking in the last yeah. two or three months. Okay, so let's talk about this past, what, month? A month ago? Four or five weeks ago? Yep. Let's tell that story because this isn't a great story. All right. Well, um, I was, uh, I hear from God a lot when I listen to music or I'm in the shower, like Rochelle said. She cleans the toilets, thank God, but um, I should probably you clean them. You should try them. it sometime. I should probably clean them for her. But, Marriage uh, tip. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was praying to God, and uh, I, the, the pride issue, the reason why I said that is because I'm a people pleaser. Um, if you heard of the Enneagram or whatever, I'm a number six, and, and I like to please people a lot. And uh, sometimes it's not the right people that I need to please. But at the firehouse, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, I'm a fireman. And uh, the firehouse, I have struggled my whole 18 and a half years of trying to please those guys. And it uh, doesn't work. Doesn't, I could literally go into a fire, save 10 kids, four dogs, put the fire out, and it wouldn't be good enough. And uh, so I've been really struggling with that. And I do like, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I like to be at the busy calls and the busy houses. And for the last five or six years, I've been in really busy houses. Uh, but the problem with that is, is you're up three, four times in the middle of the night, so I don't sleep. And So you've been going on how many hours of sleep approximately for five or six years per night? Uh, between the firehouse, you're lucky to get two to three, and then at home, maybe five or six. Yeah, so not a lot. No, it's, right. it's taken a toll. Yeah. And uh, so I was just talking to God one day at the firehouse, and I finally got to the point I don't care what those guys think about me anymore. And uh, with having conversations with Chris and Heather and even my wife, even though she doesn't think that I listen to her, I, I, I do. Um, she, uh, I was just saying, Lord, do I need to go to another firehouse? Because I, I'm pulled because I want to, because I want to get sleep. But on the other hand, I'm pulled because that little voice in the back of my head saying, what are those guys going to think of you if you go to the slowest house in the city? Uh, they're going to look down upon you. They're going to they're think that you're not a good fireman, and, and, and you want to be accepted, and you want to do a good job wherever it is that you work. And while you're at this other firehouse, your family's suffering. Yes. Because you 
don't have a, you don't have as much energy. Right. You need to sleep when you're home. So it's taking a toll on your family. Right. So the main reason was moving right. firehouses was so that you could prioritize some things with your family. See, she keeps me off that rabbit trail. Yeah. Uh, You're doing uh, good. But uh, but that's exactly right. Um, my family was suffering tremendously um, the last 18 years, for that matter. And, uh, oh, yeah, we've only been married 14, so. Uh, <laughs> you were suffering before that, too. She <laughs> was suffering before that. But... Uh, so we it's preparation. So it, w it was suffering. So I had people like Chris and Heather and Heidi and Kip and, and, and others in here in the church saying, you need to slow down. You need to focus on your family because I also have a business on the side. So I would be up all night at the firehouse. We'd run 8 to 10, 12 calls in a day, not getting hardly any sleep. And I'd go work my business after that. And so it, it, it affects my business, and my business partner would see that. And then by 4 o'clock in the afternoon when I get home, I just want to do what anybody would want to do. I just want to go to bed. Yeah, so you had nothing left. I had nothing left for my kids and definitely nothing left for my wife. Okay, so talk to us about what you were asking God and how you clearly heard his voice. Well, I listened to this. Um, um, it's called Air One. It's a radio station, and I downloaded their app. Well, they just switched their whole radio station, and they play nothing but worship music. So I, I had been listening to that, and I, I've been doing that a lot here lately because... Everybody has been saying, when you're down, when you're struggling with stuff, listen to worship music. And I tell you what, it's helped me a lot here lately. And I'm just listening. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Had you asked God to speak to you about this? Yes. Had you said, Lord, I need to know what direction to go? I did. Okay. Yes. I, 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 I okay. would say, you know, hey, yeah. I, I need to know. Which I, I, I think I is important. Because he, he often doesn't just force himself on us. Yeah, he waits for point. us to say, hey, Lord, I need to hear your voice. So. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I had to do that. And yeah. I, was, I was sitting in the recliner and, and uh, just listening to a podcast, and then I switched over to listen to this app. And I was just worshiping and, and uh, in my head, of course, because I didn't want the guys at the firehouse to make fun of me. That's the next step. Yeah, right. Singing out loud. So <laughs> I can do that at this new one because they're Christians. So, um, so I'm sitting there that's listening to the station. That's a whole other thing, bud. Right, right, we'll, right. we'll go there next. <laughs> so I'm listening to the station, and it's a radio station. So they actually came on, and, you know, they do what they do in radio stations. And this lady that was the DJ, she sat there and spoke. And uh, she said, as this last song was going as this last song was going on, she said, I, I, I read this, and I felt that somebody out there needed to hear this. And I had just prayed. 30 minutes ago before I started listening to the worship music, Lord, I need some direction because my family is falling apart. I struggle with all this stuff and I need sleep. She said, it really spoke to me and I felt like I needed to, to share this with whoever it speaks to out there. So I was like, hmm, okay. And it said, and then I had to write it down, which was really tough for me to do, um, to remember all of it. But it says, she said this, she says, decisions are easier when your will to please God outweighs your will to please the world. <laughs> that floored me right there. Floored me. I'm like, okay, God. Uh, am I supposed to go to another firehouse then? Because, of course, I'm doubting Thomas. And uh, show me one more sign, you know. And it spoke to me on a, on a few other things also, but... That, that, that phrase floored me. So then what happens after that? So Within 
the same day? Yeah, this was in the afternoon. Later that night, um, because my business partner's on full-time, so I have a full-time job. So I worry about making sure we have enough business so he can support his family. So I pray about that stuff a lot. And uh, God, that's another story we don't have time for, but he has provided unbelievably every time. And every time both he and I start to think, I got to get out there and start knocking on doors again. I haven't had to do it in like nine months. Um, every time we think that, God drops something on our lap. And it's not just a little one-day job. It's a job that gets us a week or two weeks worth of work, which helps sustain for that much longer. So I'm sitting there praying, and uh, the phone rings literally, I'm not exaggerating, probably 30 minutes after I prayed this, maybe even less. The phone rings, and it said Infinite Systems on my phone. I'm like, I don't want to answer this, you know. It's 7, 8 o'clock at night. So I answered it, and this guy goes, hey, Jared, how you doing? And I'm like, good, how are you? And, he, and I know him, and he goes, you ready to make some money? And I said, yeah, <laughs> but, but you got to know this individual sent us four or five leads that have turned out to nothing. So I wanted to say, are we actually going to make some money, or are we just going to talk about it? But I didn't. I bit my, uh, bit my lip, and I said, what are you talking about? And he gave us for sake of time, he gave us a quote or a, a lead that is the biggest that I've ever could ever dream of, and it looks like we're probably going to get this lead. And and it was like, okay, God, but that's not the part that yeah he spoke to us and saying the, the job's there and you're going to be taken care of, but the main part of it was, hey knucklehead, you need to go to the twenty house because you're going to need your sleep to be able to function to do these jobs, and I'm going to dump on you this 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 year. And so. how did that happen? Because God loves to nudge us along when we're slow to get what he's saying. What do you mean how that happened? Well, didn't you get a phone call from someone at the firehouse? Oh, yeah. And they said... I'm, I'm forgetting this part. You didn't have an option. Oh, no, no, that's coming next. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been up yes. here about mm, Trying to move me 14 along. minutes, so you've so, got 30 seconds left. So this, those two things happened in that workday. The next workday that I came to the firehouse, I'm still struggling. I'm like, okay, God, am I, I really want to stay at the 10s because I like the calls, but I, I know you're probably telling me I need to leave, and you guys are all saying, man, he is really slow. <laughs> but um, so they did shift rebid, and they rebid shifts uh, where you want to go for the next year, every year. And I was still trying to decide. I was leaning towards the 20s. The, the slowest company. S slowly. Slowly like leaning, yes. Barely walking But my pride it. was getting in the way. <laughs> and uh, they did shift rebid. And um, so you get to pick according to your seniority. And I have pretty high seniority as a driver. Uh, there's only one guy ahead of me. And uh, so there was a shuffle. And the, the, the guy calls and says, OK, Jared, you can have anywhere in the city except Station 10. Which is where you were. Which is where I was going to stay. And I'm like, OK. You can't make that any more clear that <laughs> I guess it could, but it might be more painful, um, that I needed to go yeah. to the slower house. Yeah, which you are now at a slower house. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Um, this week, as you guys that preach know, there's always all hell breaks loose sometimes throughout that week prior to that. And uh, I've been at that station for three days now, and I've only slept through the night once. So <laughs> we've been getting up every time. So it's kind of funny how that, that works. That is kind of funny. But yeah, it'll even But it's going it, to, it'll yeah. change. I know it'll change. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> proud of you. Good job.
Yes, thank you guys. Thank you, Jared. I kind of feel like I need a cleansing wipe for this microphone. <laughs> Did you guys see him? Like, <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be just fine. So, you can hear from the Lord. You lack nothing. God has given you everything you need to hear from God. You just have to tune in. Jesus said in John 10, verse 27, and Heidi used this verse last week too. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say, well, you might. You hear him. You're capable of hearing the voice of God. But are you tuning in? He's speaking to you, but maybe there's too much noise in your life. Maybe there's too many things that are speaking louder than God's voice, so his voice is getting drowned out. And I know that there's some of you out there that think, well, I mean, it's God. So if God wants me to hear him, he's going to make sure I hear him because he's God and he'll make sure. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. God doesn't have any rivals. He's not going to compete with all the other stuff. He's not going to get louder just because you keep turning up the volume on all the other things in your life. But that's what a lot of us want from him. We want him to shout. We want him to make this big scene. We want him to speak in a way that's undeniably him, right? So that then we'll have enough faith. Then we'll trust him. We want what I would call a Mount Sinai experience. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's get in the word. Exodus 19. We're going to start in verse 9. So this is when the Israelites were in the desert at Mount Sinai. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful, do not go up on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. However, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. Okay, skip down to verse 16. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. That's quite a picture. So all of the Israelites all at once saw this manifest presence of God on the mountain, and heard his audible voice. And when I say all the Israelites, I mean it was 
probably close to two million people. And that number's kind of mind-blowing. I think some of us have a small view of the number of Israelites that came out of Egypt. But in Exodus 12, verse 37, it says, And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. So when you look at Hebrew, the Hebrew meanings and Hebrew translations, 600,000 men on foot means healthy, strong, military-age men. That number does not include older men who couldn't fight or women and children. But honestly, either way, that number is a huge number of people to have witnessed what had just happened on the mountain. Thunder, lightning, smoke, and hearing God's audible voice. I mean, talk about undeniable. They couldn't deny what they had just seen. They couldn't deny what they had just heard. And I was kind of thinking, man, you'd think with that many people, and that's a lot of people, that there would just be a constant reminder among everyone. You know, like this group of 100,000 people starts getting discouraged. So this group of 200,000 people (laughs) gets around them, and they're like, no, don't get discouraged. Remember what you saw. Remember what you heard. I mean, I like to think that about myself. Like, if I would have been at Mount Sinai and experienced that, I think I would have never questioned God again. And don't we tell ourselves that? Like, if God would just speak to me this way, if God would just give me this sign or do this in my life, then I'll believe him. Then I won't doubt then I wouldn't question anything in my life again. But is that true? Is it true for you? Is it true for me? No. And it wasn't true for the Israelites. Turn to Numbers chapter 14. So this is where God had told um, the Israelites to send some of the men from each tribe into the land of Canaan, the promised land, because they had to Um, explore and see who was there and what they were going to be up against because they were going to have to go into battle to conquer and take possession of the land. So several of the men from the tribes of Israel went to explore, and when they got back, only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were like, yeah, we can do it. All the rest of them were terrified and wanted to give up and not obey God. So let's start reading. Um, Verse 1, Numbers 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt, which is where they were slaves. Skip down to verse 10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. They just wanted to kill him. Oh, you've got faith? We're going to kill you. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. 
And thank goodness Moses taught God out of that. But here's the crazy part, you guys. This was less than two months after God had told Moses, hey, hey, Mose, <laughs> I am going to do something pretty spectacular. I am going to descend on the mountain. There's going to be smoke. There's going to be fire, lightning, thunder, and then I'm also going to speak so all two million people can hear my audible voice. And then they'll always trust you, Moses. Less than two months after the Israelites saw all of these crazy, powerful signs, less than two months after they heard God's audible voice, here they were whining and crying and full of so much fear again that they were ready to just go back to slavery. And God said, will they never believe me even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? See, the mountain experience, the mountaintop experience did not change their heart condition. All of those miraculous displays of God's presence and power were not enough for them. Yeah, maybe it strengthened their faith for a little bit, and it was a little bit. They very soon forgot about it because they had really never put God on the altar. Fear was on their altar. Worry was on their altar. Selfishness was on their altar. And we're not very different from them, right? Sometimes we have these big mountaintop experiences where our faith is so strong and we're super passionate about God and nothing is going to shake me. But then when we're in the valley, whatever that valley may be, we quickly forget that the God we were just worshiping and praising and had so much faith in is now the God who were questioning and doubting in the valley. But there's good news. See, we have something that they didn't have. We have the Holy Spirit. See, they could only experience God's presence and hear God's voice outside of themselves. We have the gift of experiencing God's presence and hearing his voice inside of ourselves. So when we're in the valley... When we're feeling weak or discouraged or doubtful or wanting to give up, we have the Holy Spirit who speaks from within. And in John 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have told you. The Holy Spirit will remind you who you are. The Holy Spirit will remind you you have strength through Christ. The Holy Spirit will remind you that even if your faith is small, it's enough faith to move a mountain. The Holy Spirit will remind you that you are never alone. And I want to encourage you today that if you follow Jesus, if you are a child of God, then God's voice is a lot closer than you probably think. Let's read some more of the word. Hebrews 12, verses 18 through 27. Hebrews 12, 18 through 27. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. 
They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, that is us, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. So what this scripture is doing, it's comparing the physical to the spiritual, right? So how it used to be is that God's voice and his power and his presence and his glory were external, And in order to even be a witness to those things, you had to follow all these rules and regulations. And even then, you could only get so close, or you might drop dead. But because of Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and his people, because of Jesus, there are no boundaries. Because of Jesus, we can walk right up on the mountain and be in the presence of God and speak with him and hear his voice. Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Boldly and confidently. God's voice and his presence are closer than we think. And what we have through the Holy Spirit is actually more powerful than a Mount Sinai experience. Jesus said in John 16.7, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the comforter won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So Jesus was saying, it's better that my physical presence goes away. It's better that my physical body leaves you so that my spiritual presence can come and fill all of you. And I was kind of thinking, like, I wonder if Jesus was excited about that. Like, he was probably thinking, man, I am going to be able to cover so much more ground (laughs) when I'm living in all these people. Because Jesus had the big picture. He saw the whole thing. The gift of the Holy Spirit isn't just for us. God wasn't like, you know, I'm going to send my spirit forth to dwell in, insert your name, so that they can stay silent and never speak of me. No, God sent his spirit to dwell inside of you because he wants you to be his vessel. He speaks to you because he wants you to speak for him. You're now a mouthpiece of God. Through you, he wants to bring heaven to earth. But hear me, being a mouthpiece of God is not something to take lightly. It comes with a lot of responsibility. So you better make sure you're pointing people to God instead of away from God if you're going to speak for God. That's an important part to remember as a mouthpiece of the Lord. But it's also why we need messages like Heidi's last week where we're learning and understanding the ways that God speaks to us. We need to know. We need to be able to identify, oh, that was the voice of God. But we also have to stop believing that the only way we can hear him is if we have these big Mount Sinai experiences. Because the truth is, 
that God's voice is heard most clearly in the quiet. And the prophet Elijah would back me up on this. So Elijah was the prophet of God who basically took on hundreds of the prophets of Baal, the false god Baal. And they kind of had this competition of sorts, like whose God's the best God? Whose God's going to win? And of course, God won, proved himself to be the only true God, and then he destroyed all the prophets of Baal, which ticked off Queen Jezebel because she worshipped Baal and she hated the prophets of God. So she set out to kill Elijah. So, of course, even though Elijah had just witnessed all this stuff that had happened that God did right in front of him, he got scared. Someone's out to kill him. So he ran away. Guess where he ran to? He ran to Mount Sinai. And there's nothing in the Bible that tells us why he ran there, but I was just kind of dwelling on this and thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? I think Elijah ran to Mount Sinai because he just, he needed a little bit more. I think that even though he had had moments of clearly hearing God's voice, of seeing God's power, that he needed a little more because he was feeling scared. He was feeling alone. He was doubting. He was feeling defeated. And he needed something more. He needed a Mount Sinai experience. So he went there to the place where God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, to the place where God's finger carved out the Ten Commandments in stone, to the place where God's presence came down on the mountain in fire and smoke and lightning, and to the place where two million people heard his audible voice. And this is what happened. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. Then God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. So Elijah went to Mount Sinai. He expected God to speak. He expected to hear from God. That's why he went there. But God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so God showed up in a very unexpected way. And the still, small, quiet voice, that was enough to make Elijah hide his face because he was overwhelmed in the presence of God in the stillness. So as we close, I want to challenge you in something. I want to challenge you because the truth is that the quiet and the stillness can be really uncomfortable, and so I think we avoid it. So I want us to do something today together. I want all of us to stand as a church body in the stillness and in the quiet. And I want us to, if you're comfortable, I want us to lift our hands to the Lord to show him, God, we are here and we are listening. 
and we will do what it takes, Lord, even in the silence and the stillness, to wait for you and to listen for you. And as you're doing this, you guys, just quiet your mind and listen for the Lord. Maybe it will be a verse that comes to mind. Maybe it will be a word or a moment from your past or something that the Lord is going to show you um, for your future. Just listen for him and wait for him.